Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly brought to you by Gamesurplus.com. Hey there, we're the hosts of Cardboard Conjecture. I'm Norm. And I'm Ryan. And this is episode number one, Guilds of London. Okay, Ryan, run us through the nuts and bolts of Guilds of London. Okay, so Guilds of London, it's kind of more of an area influence, I would say. Not necessarily area control, but area influence type of game where you're going to be um, sending out your, I think in this game they call them liverymen. You're going to be sending out your liverymen to try to gain control of or influence certain guilds Therefore, of, Lon- of London. Oh, yeah, perfect, well, per- perfect name. The title makes it make sense. And what you're going to do is every now and then you're going to, so you're going to put your guys on these tiles. And after a little bit of time, uh, the scoring is going to happen. And a tile is going to get scored as long as it has a certain number of, uh, of meeples. On, on the tile. So or tile, mem- members in the guild, I guess. Members of the guild. So yeah. one, as soon as one says, once it has four meeples, and let's just say you have two and I have two on there, now we're going to evaluate that tile. It triggers the evaluation. Okay. And these tiles have a wide variety of bonuses that you're going to gain. Mostly points, but other things like drawing more cards. It's also a very um, card management type of game. And there can be synergy from from the rewards of one tile contributing to triggering another tile. Exactly. And there's always a first place bonus, which is usually quite a bit better. But there's also a second place bonus, which in the rare circumstances, the second place bonus actually might be better oh, than the first place bonus. When we get to conclusions, uh, uh, that's one thing is, is I made the mistake of not getting enough of my influence in to get second place stuff because I missed out on so many nickels and dimes and nickels and dimes add up. Oh yeah. So how do we actually get our people onto the into these guilds though? So everything in this game is driven by cards. And one thing that I jumped out of me in one of my very first plays was the number of cards in this deck and the number of icons that I have to shuffle through remind me a lot of Race for the Galaxy. Well, you were a saying... a very, very steep learning curve of what do these icons mean, what do these icons do. But once you've played it about a couple times, the icons started making sense. That well, very first two games, though, you're kind of looking at them like, I have no idea what I can use this card for. Once you understand that does. vocabulary, it becomes intuitive. I mean, you just have a, a quick glance at it, and you put the... I, saw, I guess the icon language together and you completely understand it. But once, if you don't have that vocabulary, you're struggling first, second game. Yeah. So let's back up a second. So these cards have multiple, multiple use. I love multiple use kind of card games. Um, I love Glory to Rome. I love Matai and I. I love Bruges from Stefan Feld. So this one kind of fits that nice little each. So each card can be used one of th- three different ways. First off, you can use it just to move one of your livery men from London to the the color of the card. So if I have a red guild card, I play that card and I can move one of my liverymen to any red guild on the board. Second thing that I can do is I can just discard a card and put more guys into London. 
more liverymen back into London. And then the third thing that it can be used for is for the special action that's in the middle. And that's the big part of the icons, um, describing to you whatever that special action is. Hiring more people, moving extra people, um, guilds can count as any guilds, lots of different types of lots of different types of actions and these actions have a cost well that's the one thing is that's threw me a lot too is not understanding the deck you don't understand immediately the synergy between the cards but that'll come i guess yeah and that cost on the card so a card could say zero cost which means it is free to play but if it has a cost of one or a cost of two that's like race for the galaxy type thing you have to pay cards so if it says <laughs> a cost of one i have to discard a card in order to play that card. I don't like getting, letting go of anything. So yeah, so then it became a very, a very de delicate balance. Do I use this card to, for its power? Do I use this card to move people? Do I use this card to add more people into, onto the board? Because, well, if you're just talking about a two-player game, you're only getting 16 rounds. That's true. In a, in a three and four-player game, you get kind of, you get less rounds. I think it's 12 or 15 rounds in like in, in like a four or three player game if i if i'm not mistaken and we did a two-player game and i noticed that there wasn't as much competition for the guild halls no in a two-player game that there's a special setup all the tiles are revealed um right right from the beginning um whereas in a three and four player game the tiles slowly get added to the board every now every now and then so in the beginning there's very little there's lots of competition for the the tiles that are out there already and then Every so often, then more tiles get added. That'd be interesting to the board. doing a three, three and four player because as these guilds are revealed, then your strategy starts to develop in well, certain I, directions. I have I have quite a few um, three and four player games under my belt. Yeah, the the four player game, it can get tight. The competition can get tight very very quickly. Oh, and I was once I understood what the purpose of them of the the meeples were. I was greatly. Um, a nose out of joint when, what did you refer to them as the ninjas or the, oh, yeah, the little so black ones? Oh yeah, so every now and then you can get these, what the, they call them neutral liverymen. I like to call them the assassins. Oh yeah. Because when it comes time to Hated evaluate, things. when it comes time to evaluate a tile, there is a small period in time where if you have these little black neutral liverymen, the assassins, um, there's a small window there where you can swap out an opponent's Pawn and completely a, swing the influence in the guild. Yeah, and, that, and that's the purpose of it. So you s swing in that neutral guy. Okay, now I have control. There's no tie. Oh, my now eyebrow was twitching the whole time and until I figured it out and then used it against you. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you timed one of yours very, very well and completely swung the point balance I thought I was going to get. Another tile that we're not even talking about, that there's a, there's a separate tile off the board called the plantation. And the plantation always the reward is always the same. The plantation is either going to there's two sides of the the tile. There's there's a one side where it's if you have the most, if you have the most uh, people, you get to draw these end of game scoring. Oh, we haven't even talked about the end of game scoring <laughs> I was cards. Say those cards, man, that drives the whole that drives the whole end yeah. of game strategy. Yeah, so you can draw these cards, and then what you do is you draw three, you pick one, and if you have a second place and you get some points, but these end of game scoring cards, this is where you really shone because they will reward you for having control of certain colors of guilds. Uh, one point for every blue guild or two points for every purple guild. 
um, or give you some sort of goal. You do not have control over certain numbered tiles. All the tiles have a number on them. Say you don't control any of the tiles that are numbered 1 through 12, for example. Or you get points for having the same number of cards in your hand as you do these extra scoring cards. When I end. recognized the value of these end-of-game scoring cards, for me, it gave me a comfort level because at least I knew now what I was playing towards. Yeah, getting, and it would be different than what you were playing towards too. Yeah, at the beginning of the game, you start with one. Yeah, and then there's opportunities through some of these, some of the guild special bonuses or um, the plantation rewards. You can gain some more of these cards, and yeah, the more of those cards you have, the yeah, the more goals that you have to work towards. You can actually maybe form a bit of a strategy. Those cards are very important. As you as you saw, you were trailing the entire game. Oh, I was getting depressed. I was so far behind. You're trailing the entire game, and then all of a sudden, end of game scoring, and you're like, boom, six points here. Boom, seven points there. Boom, another five points. And you just whacked it up, and that and was and way And a little more grin was coming out of the corner of my mouth, and, and it was very Grinch-like. Yeah, you, awesome. you ended up scoring like five or six of your end of game score cards that I only maybe end up completing like three or four. And that was just enough of the difference. And I, I felt I was having a good game, but I felt I was always behind your scoring. But then I had to think, okay, well, there's these end of game scoring cards. As long as I can be, you know, have at least 10 points behind you, then I can recover that at the end of the game. And I think we finished, I beat you by two points or it something. Was, it, was, it was a very close margin, yeah. two points. Okay, so this is a Tony Boydell game. How many other... Tony Boydell games have you played? Uh, one other. Uh, I, we, we got our recent plays in of, of Snowdonia. Yes. And we'll talk about that one in, a, in another episode. But uh, this, this was my first experience with Tony Boydell games. I knew through my research about Snowdonia and how it was a very popular worker placement game and a different worker placement game in the fact that there was a lot of train building, which checks off two boxes for me. <laughs> um, but... Uh, as far as this game goes, what's is it? Is it? Uh, I mean, you have it in your collection. Is it something that's going to stay in your collection, or is this like a one and done, and you're going to flip it? Or no, the, the, well, this game has been in my collection for a number of years now. I think I picked it up as the the, the year that it came out. Now, what year did it come out here? Well, and I remember last year you brought it to MeepleCon, and you did a uh, you did a learn to play at MeepleCon, and you had. I think three or four player game going on. Yeah, we had a we had a four player game going on there. Yeah, this one it was. I think this one came out the same year as Orleans. Uh, I, I think I, you're I, right. I came out, and uh, of course, this one kind of went. I think a little bit under the radar. Um, Orleans had that big, massive, successful Kickstarter with the deluxified edition. Um, not forget and a the, brand new mechanism with that whole bag building idea too. Yeah, and so this was also a TMG production, and so. I, I don't think it got the love initially, but every now and then you can you hear people they'll they'll talk about this game and it's a really good game. I, I it'll stay in my collection. It's one of my favorite Euros. I don't know if it's one of my favorite Euros just for the fact that it's like it's it's not well known and it's a very yeah. so, and it's a but it's a very solid design. Like I really love Race for the Galaxy. I like the multiple use card aspect of this like the 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 area influence and not that this is an off the radar game but i love off the radar games because it's that whole own personal discovery that you want all of a sudden you want to share it with somebody going oh i found this really cool game you'll love it it's it's very euro it's now is this would you call this a worker placement no 
So what, the, the, is this the, area control? Area influence. Area influence, okay. Area influence. Area influence, area control, people use them yeah, interchangeably. Uh, interchangeably. Yeah, you're just trying to get the majority on a certain tile so that you can claim either the first place bonus or the second place bonus. Now, considering the amount of games that are out there and that the fact that um, a lot of friends in the hobby have their own interests, is this a game that you that you feel that needs to be promoted around the game group and other people just because, like you said, is it was completely flown under the radar, nobody noticed it, and now yeah, th people th need to see the love. Th this is a game that I usually, more often than not, will put in the game bag and I'll bring it out. And if we're having troubles trying to decide on a game, I will always say, hey, I've got this game, Guilds of London, would you be interested in it? And I try to do my little sales pitch like I'm doing <laughs> here and everything. And more often than not, we'll, we'll pull it out. Though, with the caveat, as soon as people see those cards <laughs> with the number of icons on them, if it's their very first play... The eyes roll back in their head and they pass out. So um, that's just the only caveat. That's the one that part that deters people away from this game is the number of icons. So you like, just got to coach them through it. I know. Uh, and I, I've said this numerous times to a lot of people. I love playing Race for the Galaxy. I love playing games that have multiple cards. I hate teaching Race for the Galaxy. And so at this time... I love this game. I'm not really big on I love teaching this game, but I do want to expose it to a lot of people. All right. It, it is a very solid design. So your conclusion is this game needs to be promoted? I say so. I, I, I say so. Uh, yeah. No, yes. Yes. I'm just going to go with a yes. yes um, people need to know about this game. It is a solid design. Okay, now, so according to the title of the of the show, um, like, we have conclusions and opinions on incomplete information. I've played this game once, and what my conclusion is, I want to play it more because I recognize the multiple paths to victory. It's, I mean, with those end-of-game scoring cards, with um, all of these union halls that uh, come out. And are there extra ones in the box? Like, do you use them all in one game? Or? Oh, no. Like, like we, we, in the two-player game here, we, we set out, the, like, the map looked massive. There's a lot of tiles oh, yeah. on that map. There's probably double the amount of tiles that were in, still inside the box. Okay, so I mean, I need more place of this game to get a deep understanding, but... And even all those second place bonuses, we didn't even use all the second place bonuses. Oh, no, I just kept kind of like crying every time. It's like, okay, so many victory points for second place. And I, and I would think to myself, I just needed one meeple on there. To I, get I, I, I always thought it was so, it's so, it's so funny because every now and then the first place bonus might be you get two points and then you get to draw maybe four extra cards into your hand. But then the second place bonus is five points. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes they're out of balance. So, so yeah, like, no. yeah, do I want low points and more cards into my hand or do I just want to you know, just take, a, take a big points? I conclude that I found a new designer that I like in Tony Boydell, that this game requires more play, that um, it is a game that after I played it the first time, for the next two, three days, I kept thinking about... Ah, I should have done this, or I should have done that, or what happens if I would have done this, or I'd like to see what, you know, when you have a formula in your head and you want to plug a variable into that formula and see the result, that's kind of, you know, the, the, the conclusion I have about this game. So, you're happy? Oh, I, I'm very happy. My, my conclusion is, I've probably played in total, I think I played this game probably about 
a dozen, maybe a baker's dozen type times of games. And uh, I'm still exploring new things. I'm, I'm still discovering new cards that, you know, cards that I've in previous games, I've just used for currency. And now I've looked at the card and I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually a pretty nifty little card. I can actually move more people. I, I, and then once you see the synergy, if that card connects with another card, that's the that's the one that's not driving me mm. nuts. But I want to sit down and just go through the deck and just oh, yeah, see how this works with that. And oh yeah, your first two playthroughs, you're probably maybe might see a combo or two, and then all of a sudden, like I said, after about multiple plays, I was trying to find in our game when I was trying to. I think that's kind of set yourself I, I, up for the big play. I, I was getting a little distracted because I wanted to show you some of these really cool combos <laughs> that can be created, and kind of deterred away from my plan and my strategy. But uh, that was part of my strategy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you not pay attention of what I was doing, which I was know. nothing? So that's, I, I often get distracted when I teach teach new games. I want to try to show everybody the little intricacies and the little the fun little things about each game. All right. So our final wrap up. I would say. Um, as I had said before, I need to play this game more. I like it. It's not going to be a one and done for me because it's still sitting in my frontal lobe and and asking me to you know be challenged by it again. So, and you own this, so I, I know this is going to hit the table again for you. Oh yeah, it, it it comes out quite regularly, and by regularly I mean it'll it'll come out every, about maybe once every couple months or at a, at a game night. Cool. Well, that is Guilds of London by Tony Boydell. Thanks for listening to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm Norm. And I'm Ryan. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture could not have happened without the generous support and help from The Good, The Board, and The Ugly and GameSurplus.com.